welcome to Getting It Together. I'm your host, Erin Heidelberger, the OG Git Mom. What is Git Mom? It's a philosophy, a way of life, and a national movement, if I do say so myself, that's helping moms everywhere get it together. G-I-T. Get it? I'm a certified parent coach and the founder of Get Mom. I empower moms to feel in control in this totally out of control experience we call motherhood. I want to welcome you to a whole new way of thinking about parenting. The secret formula to creating a happy family is, wait for it, to put yourself front and center. Get Mom is the only coaching company in the country focusing on mom's happiness rather than her kids. I give moms simple one, two, three steps to parent more effectively and efficiently. The end goal is always to carve out happy mommy time for you because happy, confident, independent moms raise well-adjusted, self-assured, and happy children. Every podcast, I'll be inviting my guests to talk about how they get off Mommy Island, how they put the me in mommy, and what they do to get it together. My dream for this podcast is to be the answer to your parenting woes. So let's get into it. All right. Wow. Okay. Today, we have an insanely exciting guest on the Get Mom podcast. You know her, and you have probably wanted to be her, and she is here, and I'm so excited to welcome Gabby Reese to the show. She is the face of volleyball, the definition of athleticism and beauty, and she is the consummate role model for girls and women everywhere who find inspiration in her story of hard work and happiness. And Gabby has dominated sports headlines, the New York Times bestselling book list and TV ratings, but it doesn't stop there. With her podcast, The Gabby Reese Show, she's helping people use their experiences, successes, and failures to become better functioning human beings in their everyday lives. She's a true example of girls who run the world. Gabby is married to the love of her life, though with COVID, we will find out, fellow athlete Laird Hamilton, and together they are raising three beautiful children whom we're going to talk about today. And I'm so excited to have you here, Gabby, and to talk about your journey as a mom. To be completely honest, I'm blown away by you. You've done so much in this life already. We are similar ages and I feel like I need to get down and give you like 20 push-ups. Just like everyone listening, I can't wait to soak up all your wisdom. So welcome. Oh, well, thank you. I think I've learned one thing is for sure is like wisdom would imply that either you know something or... I sort of got into a place in my life where I feel like it's a moving target. And so I can share my experiences and maybe some of the things I've arrived at, but I don't know that I'd have the audacity to call it wisdom at this point. You know, like that's, I think I had more wisdom at 30 than I do at at 50. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, I want to start at the very beginning because as they say, the past is prologue and I have no doubt that it has to do with the incredible woman you are today. So if I have this right, I did a lot of research about you and your father died in a plane crash when you were four and you are an only child and you lived with family friends in New York until you were seven when you moved to St. Thomas to be with your mom. And then in 11th grade, you moved to Florida where you discovered volleyball. So that is a lot of chaotic living in your formative years. And I'm curious how this impacted your ideas about having a family of your own one day. Well, I think we all, you know, I think we come into the world with sort of a natural inclination. And then we sort of have this imprints from maybe of our, our experience. And I actually thought that there were certain traits that I had that I, I thought were because of the way I grew up, which was less than whatever, leave it to beaver. And then you start to realize like what is normal as you get older. But, and then I realized that some of it is actually my natural personality. And I say that from observing my own children, but I'd say that survival and learning to take care of myself and developing some semblance of organizational skills and kind of always having a plan B and C really developed very early for me. And then maybe that yearning to have my own family and then actually coming into being a parent with a quiet ton of insecurities. I think parenting gives you insecurities anyway, but I think when you have like a really good example, let's say you had a mom or a dad or both that were firm, but loving. So you knew what that looked like. So you knew that you could do that yourself. So you knew that you'd have the security to administer punishment or boundaries for your children but you were clear with yourself that they felt loved. And I think for me, even though I have a certain degree of confidence as a person, that as a parent, I was so unsure. And also it felt even more uber important because I was on the other side of a non-bonded child-parent relationship. And I really didn't want to have that Um, because I even see, and this is nothing against her, but I see with my own mother that sometimes And I actually think you can get reconnected with people, with your parents or family members. Oh, let me tell you, let me tell you, my mom disowned me and then we came back together. hundred percent. So I mean, that might be extreme, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to say like, it's not possible, but I think because I didn't have maybe some of the natural bond to her from not being with her when I was young. And then on top of it, we're very different personalities. And you often find in families that we go opposite on purpose. It's almost like a response. And so like my grandmother was very rigid and disciplined and early and my mom kind of went the other way and then I went back the other way. So I think coupled with really different uh, the way we do it and not having that bond, like that's difficult. And so the other thing I wanted was like, oh, I want to try to do this. And I put this in air quotes, right? Like being a mom, I thought, okay, if I could (laughs) do anything, you know, try my to do anything the fair and right way. It was to be a parent, which, you know, it's virtually impossible. So when you asked me how it imprinted me as a parent, I really questioned. And and also I had these ideals like you do, like, well, if I do all these things right, like I have a clean living and my house is safe and I provide good food and love and I'm in a loving relationship, like, oh, that's going to just take care of so many things. But what you realize is that then you have new things and different things. So that was a real awakening for me. And one thing I have learned about parenting, I don't think it is to be gotten right. 
I think that's actually the key. You know, it is not to be gotten correct, no matter how well-intended you are, how well-informed you are, how much you're paying attention. It's just not, that's not what it is. It's not like, oh, you get a hundred percent, you get an A. It's like, it's not to be gotten right. And that might actually be the point. And it might be the point for both of you, for the parent and the child. All right. So really, it does sound like you dealt with your young upbringing in a really productive way in the end. Like you're not going to get it right. We're not going to get it right today, tomorrow. You know, there's not this like parenting report card. And as we know, life can be a lot sometimes. It's a lot. Life's a lot. Like you just said before we started recording, you just moved. I'm sure that was a lot. And it's still a lot. You know, you took some time to find your headphones and... Oh, yeah. No, I just moved my office. If I moved my house, you and I I would not be sitting here. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm thinking about because we're mo- we're moving in a week, so oh, I'm exciting. Okay. It is, ex- yeah. Right. Get rid of the cool. old stuff. To- oh my god, are you kidding? I just gave away tons and tons. I'm totally out with the old, and no need to buy new. That's right. So I'm a huge advocate for therapy and meditation and healthy living and finding purpose and really doing whatever it takes to make the most of this one shot that we have, and. Of course, part of the purpose for both of us was becoming moms. So tell us about your family and how you found love and made the big decision to have children together. Well, I met my husband uh, almost 25 years ago. So I, I was you know, 25 and in the middle of being a professional athlete, I was certainly not looking. I was barely looking for a boyfriend, never mind someone to marry. And I would say that with my husband, Laird, I was sort of, I couldn't help myself. You know, and I and I, I mean, think, who can? <laughs> well, but that's what you hope happens, right? Like, well, that's I, what it looks like, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think when I have friends that are like, oh, well, maybe I'm going to learn. I'm like, forget it. You know, like I think you have to almost get hit by a lightning bolt. And I would say it was less than ideal. I lived in California. Laird lived in Hawaii. Laird had a, a small child, so I inherited a four-month-old daughter. With Laird, and I remember at 25 thinking, was I prepared? Because I was like, oh, you can't dibble dabble. Like if you're taking this on, like you're sort of taking all this on. And I was so drawn to Laird that uh, absolutely it felt right. So on paper, it looked terrible. And then, you know, here we are 25 years later. And so I, I had a pretty natural love with Laird. I think we're very different people. He's very emotional but our values are very similar. I grew up on an island. He grew up on an island. So there's certain things about us that line up how we feel about how you treat people, honesty, money, all these things lined up, how we get there and how we do it. It couldn't be more different. And so then, um, you know, we went through our struggles. We were married two years from the day that we met. And when I say struggles, it's more, I always say it's like the learning curve of being in a relationship. I don't think we talk enough about relationships or communication to young people. I think that, you know, that education is like you fumble through it. So we were married and then actually almost three years into our marriage, we were almost divorced. I had no biological children with Laird, even though I really felt a deep responsibility to my oldest daughter. So that was you know, like learning to talk about things that were uncomfortable or learning to talk about things that you needed or didn't like, or could listen to things that you were doing that were, you know, not working for the other person. So we, we went through that. And then uh, I always felt like I, I knew I, I wanted to have children with Larry because I think certain people too, like you have this biological response. And with him, I, I just was like, Oh, I would like to have his 
babies, basically. So eight years after being together, we had our first biological daughter, my middle daughter, and then we have also my 12-year-old, my youngest daughter. So I would say for the last kind of 13 or 14 years, we've gotten into a very nice rhythm where you get to it quicker. Like if there's a conflict, who spends a lot of time? Like, would you want to punish each other? It's like, okay, let's work this out. And so I think that that's actually a beautiful part of marriage or any relationship is when you you just hopefully get a little better at it. And it's good because kids create stress and, and pressure as much as they create great things too. So if you can be an allied front, I think it's really helpful when you have this, like when you have a new baby and everyone's sleep deprived, or then you have teenagers and you're like going to bed, like, you know, upside down. Um, I think having that, that, that your allies to one another is, has been really helpful. All right. So we are, I mean, not really, but we're kind of living in parallel parenting universes because I also have a 12 and 16 year old sons Mm -hmm. as well as an eight year old son. So I'm in parallel. I write now (laughs) because when you have sons, you guys are a little more basic. You're professional, but you're not super professional. Like when you have daughters, you're like trying to read books about being a ninja warrior. When you have sons, you're like, okay, let's go to urgent care. Well, we got to patch that wall. Okay. Did he break his arm? I'm, I'm over joking, but sometimes I no, see sons right. and I'm like, that's amazing. They're just They're wild. Yeah. yeah. They just need to get out. Like they just need to get out of the house yeah. by 9am and move. Yeah. And then they're Run chill. Right. right. Totally. Yep. Totally. It's, great. it's a beautiful thing. Well, and it's, it's not only beautiful, but it's so basic. It's like, just get up, get off the couch, get your coat on and let's roll and come on back in when you've all chilled yeah. out. No, yeah, here's something totally. to eat. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. Let me know when you need to eat again. Mm-hmm. All right, so raising tweens and teens during this pandemic has been, it's not been great for me. I'm just, no, it's not yeah. great. But I'm finding that they're they're extra mean and... um you know, they don't get to have their own lives, but who does? Yeah. And I use a lot of self-talk to mm-hmm. remind myself because they're so rude and mean. And I'm like, in my head, I, I th- say to myself, like you were saying, I'm a good mom. I'm structured. I'm providing love and routine and schedules and normal meals. But right, like you said, there's always there's always not enough and things that we can do better. So mm-hmm. I just use the self-talk to remind myself they don't really hate me and I'm not a terrible woman and mom and Mm-mm. it's all it's all going to be okay. I just try to shake off, like shake off, shake it off. And but just- you have to you have to remember too, especially your older boys. It's so very natural and I would imagine like so much that you always hear about mothers and sons and this beautiful bond. But also if I'm going to be a young man and I endure and love my mother, but at some point I have to break away. So the only way I know how to do that is to be mean. They're, they're young. You have, they're not going to sit there and be like, so listen, mom, I really like to express myself and tell you that I, I'm, I'm trying to create an identity separate from you. It's like, oh, come on. It's like, you're annoying. Okay. That means the same thing. And if you went into every household in the world, there's a version of that going on. And I think what's happened is, because it also hurts our feelings, but it's also preparing us to be prepared to say, I'm comfortable for you to leave now. Because after this last year or three or four, I'm good. Like, I love you. Bye. And, and, and that's what I want too. Like, I, right. I don't want him moving in, like staying in my basement. Right. Bye-bye. Adios. So it's, it's natural. So I think sometimes beyond the self-talk is realizing not only is it normal, but sometimes I think we take things, especially moms, too personally. 
the job is so important to us. So we're always responding emotionally. It all makes sense. We're not objective, right? We're so- right, We're not robots, of course. We're so involved. So I think when we can go like, oh, this is all part of the process and it's, it's okay. If like somebody came in to you, somebody told me, gave me a great analogy once. There was a book that talked about if you went to play golf and your first drive, you snapped it and hooked it or whatever, people freak out. And someone said, okay, but here's the deal. If I walked up to you and said, hey, this is going to be, you're going to shoot the best round of your life. That ball wouldn't matter to you. Why we react is because we feel like that's how the round's going to go. And I think with parenting, why we're reacting is we think, oh, this is how it's going to be. They're not going to have friends. We're not going to have a relationship. I'm impacting them negatively in some way. So what we're responding to is this fear of all these things that actually haven't occurred yet. Instead of being like, wow, he's horm- he is you know throbbing with testosterone. He's trying to like get his own. Thing I, I going. like that word. I like that word. throbbing. Well, that, but that's, <laughs> Hello. It's a chemical oh, and it's, yeah, it's a right. real thing. Yeah, they're frustrated. Absolutely. They're transitioning. By the way, they like girls. They don't know what to do about that. And all the girls their age are more than in charge and they like older boys. I mean, it just goes on and on. And so I think it's, it's one of those things where, like you said, the self-talk, but also knowing like if I went into anyone's house, there's a version of it and it's, it's okay. hundred percent. All right. So any advice for moms out there raising daughters Mm. who might struggle with body confidence Mm -hmm. issues? And how do we help our girls feel fearless in their own skin? Well, I think part of being strong is, is in fact being in touch with your insecurities and that you do have fear, but that it's not the overriding, it's not the driver of, of the vehicle, if you will. So I think first of all is modeling. I mean, unfortunately or fortunately, they do not listen to us. They watch us. So if you're a mother and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to lose this weight or, oh, I, I, you know, they're, we're, we're modeling to them. And it doesn't mean you go, I'm on fire. That's, I'm not talking about that either, right? I'm talking about strength and grace and hard work and dignity and, and also having what we would say in Hawaii, you know, aunties, other women around that are badass because we're not all things to our children. And so just to surround them with women that, that they can see like, wow, if I'm intelligent, wow, if I develop a skill set, if I build strong relationships, if I feel good about myself, that's a real power. Not people go, oh, you look pretty. Because that's not our power. That's a, a, some you know subjective thing that is kind of it's not real anyway. And then it stops at a certain age and whatever. So I think it's that. And and the other thing that's really hard and almost out of our control and sort of everywhere is the social media. Like it's very hard to fight what they're seeing. So I don't have the answer. All I know is our best shot is to show them in their own home because also they're intuitive, right? Like they'll start to know, like, I'll give you an example. My 12 year old, I've let her go down a little bit of a rabbit hole during quarantine, like way too much time on the phone, way too much time on the couch, just way too. Last night she came to me and she's like, you know, I really feel like I just like to do some more activities. Can we figure out what I'm allowed to do? I just, you know, so I think it's also that weird thing where when you're modeling it and having faith in our kids, they know what feels good and what doesn't. And then you just got to keep creating the environments and the opportunities for them to have that out. But it's, listen, it's, it's hard. And, and if there have fathers 
that can say love on them. And, you know, my husband will tell my girls how beautiful they are. And they're like, oh, you be quiet. Uh." But it's nice to have that energy around them where someone is loving them for them. And right. And I guarantee if he stops saying that statement, which they are accustomed and they've grown to expect, if he stops saying that, then, then they would be like, wait a minute. Hey, you know, dad, what's going on? You know, they'd be like, what's happening? Yeah. And I, and I don't think it's, you know, I think it's nice occasionally where he comments on how they appear, but it's like, it's a touch and, and holding and adoration and all these things. But, you know, it's normal too. Like they start to go through puberty and nobody, like everybody leave me alone because now you're getting, this is transforming and that's transforming. So it's like, how do you empower them and keep reminding them about what is special about them that is in their control? Not why wow, you're a great person because you got straight A's or wow, you look so pretty, just you look so pretty, but it's like those deeper values that can be celebrated because they aren't as sexy, right? Like, again, my 12-year-old daughter is in a different way. She's a ball breaker. Like, it's just, All right, I don't so know how she, to say is it. she more like you? Or yeah, more like totally. Larry? Oh, no, she's, she's like She's me. a Gabby. Gabby yeah, okay. she's, she's not the most empathetic person. She knows what she wants. She's grinding you every turn of the way. But in this last week, I've seen, like, we all see this with our kids. Like, sometimes they have, like, they shift, like they grow up a little bit and then they have a week. And so yesterday she was asking me to do something for her that I think it was like, make her a pancake or something. And I was like, literally trying to go do something. And I, I did it. And I, and I I said to her, when I handed it to her, I said, listen, I want, I want to also say something. I recognize that your attitude has been different in this last week. And I really appreciate that. I see that because I'm always letting everybody know about the other And so the other thing is when they make these little moments or they try or they help you without being asked or whatever, we as parents to the best of our ability also need to be like, Hey, I really appreciate that. I noticed that. I recognize that. Thank you. And I said to her, listen, I'll be honest with you. The reason I went out of my way extra for you today is because I have seen, and I just want you to connect that this is how the world works. You know, I love it. Of Of course you did. Yeah, she rolled her eyes, but then I laughed and yeah. I thought, well, maybe it's in there and somewhere. It's in there. It's in there. And <laughs> you'll find it, and it when she's like 22. She'll be like, yeah, oh, I'll be dead, but... No, I hope not. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. No, no, no. All right. So speaking of the kitchen, obviously as moms, we spend a lot of time there. And yep. a big issue I see with my get moms is they have a lot of guilt because their children, they're not eating enough vegetables or... Mm-hmm. The moms can't cook organically enough or whatever the mom guilt situation Mm -hmm. is with Mm -hmm. food. So obviously nutrition plays a massive factor in an athlete's success. So I'm wondering how you accepted your own kids' normal toddler Mm -hmm. obsession, you know, with chicken nuggets or pizza, macaroni and cheese. Like how'd you accept this and not create these power struggles? Okay. So again, it goes back to modeling. So if the family, so let's say mom's busy and she's working, it might be hard to be like, Hey, I'm going to break out dinner. But I will say this, this is one area I'm going to push back on and say, okay, listen, what's our priorities? So if trying to gather as a family unit, whatever that looks like more times than not during the week feels important, then we have to figure that out. And it sucks. Like, do I want to cut one more vegetable? No, I don't. You know, it's like, whatever. So uh, all I could say is at the top of the week, if there could be a strategy, which makes it easier, where when you're navigating the store and you go, 
listen, I know I want to do that stir fry or whatever that I'll give you an example. Sometimes I I love to do this roasted butternut squash salad that my kids love, which has like red onions, butternut squash, and then you put feta and okay, great. But sometimes I don't want to cut butternut squash. Like, well, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to cut. (laughs) And I'm busy or whatever. So that might be the one day that I allow myself to buy it's cut. Okay. The pre-cut. Sure. But it's more about modeling to your kids first, what we eat as a family. So what you're doing is you're educating. I used to say, teaching your kids what's food, what's fun. Because a bagel is not food. It's still fun. Like if we talk about on the nutritional index of food, there's macronutrients, micronutrients, minerals, but not none, right? So it's just understanding. We just need them to know what food really is. Then they're going to, especially when they get older, like when they're tweens and teenagers, they're going to want whatever fried Chick-fil-A, whatever that's there. And if we fight it and create resistance, we're only going to live there longer. So you don't have it necessarily all the crap in the house, but if they go in the world and have a thing, you don't make a thing of it because if they know how to eat, they will come back to it for a number of reasons. They'll know the difference of how they feel. They just will their skin. Like when my girls, friends come over and they have all this crap, like beyond crap. I'm like, Hey girls, when you start getting pimples, let me know. And I'll tell you which of these foods is doing this to you. And then I shut up and walk away, but it's getting them information. And when they're little, little, by the way, a lot of them, they don't even have the enzymes in their stomach to break down hardcore vegetables. And that's a lot of the reason they don't want the green stuff anyway. They can't even really digest it. So I just think it's about trying But if we're just microwaving everything or always everything's to go, you're not going to win that battle because they won't have a reference point. Right. You know what? I love what you said. Just make a schedule, go to the store, have your list and come together as a family. And, you know, not every meal has to be, you know, from the freaking food pyramid. We don't have to. And that's fake anyway, by the way. The food pyramid is like a made up thing. That's old school. It's like a made up thing. It's like, you know, and there's things that cook themselves, get a one pot, throw stuff in it, cover it, go do your thing, come back. There it is. I mean, there are ways, and especially now with online and you can make stuff that tastes badass and it's not labor intensive. It's easy. Totally. It's just the strategy because nobody wants to deal with that at five o'clock that day. You got to, got to get it together. The nightmare. It's a nightmare. It It is. All right. I've noticed you are a huge champion of keeping the me in mommy. So I need to know, how did you get there? Was it something you just intuitively knew you needed to do? Or did you discover it through your own bumps and bruises during the way? I'm probably naturally more selfish that way. I would say I came That's okay. Admit it. Own it. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. And then coming from, from, from sports, like I see certain women, I'm like, wow, I wish I was that nice and selfless. I'm probably not. So I think I knew if I wasn't at least taking care of myself on some level, maybe not at the level that I used to before I had a family, obviously, who's got that time, that I would be good for no one, that I would resent everybody. And really at the end of the day, the onus is only on me. Who am I going to blame? So I always say I've defended that real estate really intensely. And even when if they were new babies and I had 15 minutes, I defended that real estate. And I think it's this idea that Women will say, oh, it's unfair, right? Like I put everybody first, I do all this stuff. And then what about me? And you know what the thing is, what's that saying? If you want fair, go to the fairgrounds. When you have a family, there's some elements of the dynamic that I 
feel that a lot more of the onus oftentimes falls on the mother because also a hundred percent. I always say that. Yeah. And like, we're, we're, even if we're working, even if we're making more than our partner. Oh, totally. We're the backbone. It's still the onus is on us because it's even like this. When my husband would take my daughter somewhere, he didn't have like a thing with an extra shirt with a ding and a hair, whatever. It's like, he takes the kid and he goes and he works it out as he goes. Good on him. Less stress for him. I can't resent him because he does it a different way. So just by the nature of the way we do things means there's more workload on us. And so I think it's really important to take ownership of that and not be the victim in this and be like, okay, first of all, we're grown ups. We've chosen this. This is what we've chosen. There's elements to it that kind of suck. And in some ways you could look at it and be like, wow, it looks like more of the loads on her. Yep. And then like, okay, what's the strategy I can put in place that I'm not going to get eaten alive by this. And the first one for me was always to move, move my body. So that at least sometimes when I looked in the mirror, I was like, oh, I know her. I recognize her. Like there I am, me, just the person, not someone's partner, not someone's mommy, mommy, mm-hmm. just me. And, and actually even beyond the female, like just me, the person, because then I think we keep our sense of humor better. I think we keep our individuality better because when we just get completely eaten up by the family, I think we lose ourselves, and that is, is dangerous. And then we get to my age and almost, you know, whatever. Yeah, our, and, both you, of and you're like, Oh, I, I can't what happened? Of you. And right. you, I'm mad at everyone. But at the end of the day, it is on us. And it, I say it, but I want to say that it doesn't make it like, Oh, it's so easy. It's not easy. No. Right. No. But well, yeah, that's like, I always say, you know what? Your partner is not your like knight in shining armor. He's not a mind reader, like coming home. Hey baby, like, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Like, no, we have to, we have to have the balls to say, stick up, like advocate for ourselves and say, Hey, today was shit. This is yeah. what I need to happen. You know, but if, right. But if we're already tired and beaten down, we don't have the energy to even go there. And then now these right. resentments. Or we're afraid to ask for help. Look, I got 100%. this. I've got this. And here's another side of it. Let's say you have a partner that goes to work or, you know, whatever. And then when they come home, that's the other thing we have to be weirdly careful of though. Is that who we, you know, it's like when we've had a shitty day. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't those times, right? But that in a way, first, what do we, who do we want them to know? We want them to know us, the person that's in the partnership with them. And so when we can help it, I know some days are chaotic. It's almost like, hey, here I am. We navigate. And as we get deeper into something, maybe it's even like just within 30 minutes, you can go pretty brutal today. Because what you don't want is that every time they come home, that you're just like, they did this and this happened and nah, 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 because then that's your dynamic. And that sucks. That sucks. So we don't want to do it. So no. I love it. All right. Let's play my podcast game, which okay. is silly. We're going to play a lightning round of this or that and get to know the real Gabby Reese. Okay. Here we go. Weights or cardio? At my age, weights. Junk food or wine? I'm not either. I hate you. Sleep or exercise? Sleep. Food or booze? Yeah, food. I don't booze. Leg days or upper body days? Doesn't exist. All right. Use your whole body. Functional. Functional Functional organism. Yep. Yeah. Are you so impressed with my prowess? Yes. Amazing. (laughs) You're killing it. 
<laughs> oh, trying. <laughs> All right. Read a book or watch TV? Read. Hawaii or Malibu? Mm, forever and ever? I don't know. Right forever. now. This lightning round. Come on. Oh, yeah. Hawaii. I mean, uh, okay. no, okay. California right now. California right now. Oh, all right, Melba. Uh, bikini or one piece? Bikini. Acting or modeling? Oh, modeling, I guess. All right, so some surprises in there. Okay. All right, so I want to know what's turning you on right now, whether in your personal or professional life, what do you have that is making you juiced up about the future? You know, I think... Well, first of all, my business life is is going very well. And that's always nice because some of it has been quite a long haul. We just took one of our companies public, which is very unusual. Thank you. I, yeah. And, yeah. Um, well, especially right now, my gosh. that Yeah, no, I feel really fortunate. Rough. But it's been like a long time. I'll be honest with you. I'm a person who, for me, it's still about the everyday. So like if I'm healthy, my kids are healthy, my friends are good, my relationship is thriving, I'm still trying to learn, whatever. I'm almost like, I think if you ask me about like what has informed me, I sort of have never bit into, oh, it's all out there. Like I've always been really clear about really the stuff that's going to make me feel good. It's pretty simple. And for whatever reason, I feel that way. I've been enjoying doing the podcast because I enjoy the learning and uh, I find that inspiring. And I really believe this time is as hard as it is. I think we're in a transition that there's no way that we're not going to come out of this different, which I'm hoping to believe will be better. So you watch it, you go, Ooh, this is really ugly, right? Like, and that's all change. All change is chaotic and violent and aggressive. Think about how creation is made. If you want a bush to bloom, you have to, you know, hedge it back. It's like people have to realize that change and shift is always super uncomfortable. And so if you ask me, I'm well, because I don't want to believe the other. So I'm going to put the energy towards that. I think, you know, I'm hoping it will become a better place, a very different place than the one I grew up in. And it happened very quickly, but I, but I believe that. All right. Well, Gabby, thank you. I just, I have to thank you so much. My podcast is not even a year old and this has been really just, thank you. It's been a highlight and I appreciate your time and your honesty and you're an icon. And I feel lucky that you think that I am pretty smart that I know about functional training. So we're just going to I'm going to take that and uh, I'm going to share that with, with my boys. They're going to be like, Gabby Reese, no, you know, she thinks I know what the heck I'm doing. Um, so for everyone wanting to follow along with your career and family, how does my audience find you? I'm mostly on Instagram. So Gabby Reese, G-A-B-B-Y-R-E-E-C-E. And then I have my podcast and, you know, I just want to remind people that like at the end of the day, we're really, you know, as individual as we all are, we are all connected. And I think that, um, you know, for people to support one another. Um, it takes very little effort actually. And, um, it's it just, you know, it's as simple as like, Hey, like, like you, like you were connecting with your daughter in the kitchen instead of like, Hey, you look so pretty. It's just like, Hey, I like how you said that. Or I like, um, I like that you, appreciated XYZ. I like that, you know, looking at a stranger in their eyes, you know, Mm. especially with masks. Like I've come, I'm now like, all I do is wave to people in the mask or the thumbs up. Mm. And because now we're we're really, we've lost like, you know, 50, 
more, more than right, more than 50% of our way to, you know, connect and communicate with others. Yeah. And so how can we, how can we make others, right? Like feel better about themselves, which mm-hmm. is not easy. You know, you know, every mom is shy. And so yeah. it's so easy just to be like, Hey, you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. You're I having a bad day. It's important. And it's, um, and it's so necessary now and always. And, and I think also what people, when they talk about, oh, they want to be a badass and they want to do all this stuff. The most badass people I know are all very empathetic and they're tough only if they absolutely have to. It's like there's no other, they don't walk around with wearing tough. And the other cool thing I've learned that your moms could do with each other is I have a friend who like, I can say all this stuff to them and then he'll say, I didn't hear a question. So the other thing that I try to offer my friends is I don't give my advice unless I'm asked. I am with you. And sometimes though, I will, if I do that, I will preface it and I will say, this is unsolicited advice. Yeah. Take it for what you want. Well, that's usually when your friends said the same story 75 times and you're like, okay, make the move. Let's go. Roll on, (laughs) baby. I will thank you guys for joining Gabby Me today. I hope we inspired you to put the me in mommy. You can find her on Instagram at Gabby Reese and her website, GabrielleReese.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Get Mom and check out my website, GetMom.com to learn more about how to get it together. And for now, this is Erin, your biggest cheerleader, here to help you get it together, moms. And this podcast was recorded by Hanger Studios.